From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck indoors without anything else to do. I'm Atme producer Devin Schreckengoss, recording this in the sound booth at my work since the main Atme studio is closed for the time being. On today's show, we're going to hear from Atme senior producer Daisy Carter. Daisy's cousins are visiting from California this summer. During a recent camping trip, Daisy sat down with one of her cousins to talk about the differences of how the virus is affecting California and Alaska, precautions they've taken to ensure a safe family vacation, and what they're looking forward to most about being back in Alaska. This interview was recorded on June 29th, 2020. This is Apne producer Daisy Carter in a cabin with my family who just traveled here from California. This is my cousin. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to ask her a couple questions about her trip um, up here and how it went. All right. So can you just introduce yourself and kind of just give a gist on how you know me? I know. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Chantel and um, yeah, we live in California. We live in Whittier. And I know Daisy um, because she is my cousin. Um, we often travel to Alaska probably at least once a year or once every other year. Um, and even during all of the chaos that was happening or that is happening around the world right now, we um, just really took all of the precautions necessary. I mean, we've been planning this trip up to Alaska, um, probably for the last two or three months, probably right when the pandemic hit. So we've just been monitoring everything and, you know, we have a lot of family that live up here. So, um, you know, even, even though everything's going on, we just really wanted to come up and, and visit everyone while still, you know, maintaining all the safety procedures. How was COVID-19 from your perspective? Like, in California, do people take it seriously? And um, did you take precautions? If so, what kind? Yes, I think in the beginning, a lot of people, um, and I mean, I can't speak for everyone in California, but really just kind of what I saw around the community um, where where we live um, took it very seriously. Um, I think there was a little bit of that um, kind of panic that hit, I think, maybe either because of misinformation or, um, you know, just people really not being prepared or understanding, you know, what this was going to mean. Um, so, you know, we saw shortages in all kinds of essential goods, like, you know, toilet paper, um, you know, certain types of food and household cleaning products just within um, the first few weeks that the pandemic actually hit. Um, but other than that, I mean, our community has been really supportive. Um, there's been some businesses who've been sourcing like cleaning products and, you know, distributing them and reselling them to um, the families who, you know, don't have um, those kinds of, of goods and essentials. Um, 
because there are still, I mean, we still have shortages um, in the stores, but everyone, you know, we, we were put under, um, you know, stay at home order and everyone, I mean, complied, you know, everyone just really wanted to be safe. Um, you know, we did as well. We, you know, got our masks early on when they said that, you know, we needed to be wearing masks. I think even before they mandated it, because um, they did start giving out, um, or they at least said that they were going to be giving people fines, um, whoever was walking around um, the neighborhood or going out and um, into the areas, you know, without wearing a mask that, you know, they were going to be fined because it was, you know, really critical for people to wear them. Um, so we, we've been complying, you know, since, since the beginning. And I think for the most part, you know, the community is just really trying to do as much as they can, um, to help those who are more likely to be affected, like the elderly, um, allowing people to do drop-offs, um, to people's houses, uh, go in and opening the, some stores, uh, like grocery stores an hour earlier and only for seniors to go in and shop, um, before they open it up to the rest of, of the public. So I think in the long run, you know, we, we did take it very seriously, um, and we're taking all the precautions, um, necessary to keep everyone safe. Um, what made you decide to come to Alaska? Uh, Alaska has just been kind of our, you know, second home. We have family that live up here and have lived here for over 20 years. Um, like I said previously, I mean, we come every year to come and visit family. Um, I now have, you know, we have our, our two youngest daughters who are four and five. Um, they've been looking forward to a trip up here and, you know, we've, we've heard that, you know, Alaska hasn't been gravely impacted. Like, you know, a lot of the other, um, the lower, um, 49 States. So, you know, we said as, as long as we're staying safe, you know, staying, um, healthy, you know, getting tested, making sure that we're negative, um, before coming up, you know, everything, you know, for the most part should be fine. Our family has been, you know, doing all the social distancing and staying safe. Um, so it's, it's really just as much as, you know, we've been complying with the stay at home order. It's just very hard to be disconnected physically from a lot of our families. And, you know, our, our daughters just kept asking as much as we did, you know, FaceTime and zoom to do, you know, zoom, um, Easter and zoom, you know, mother's day. It's, it's just very different from being physically connected. And then also, you know, we live in a really busy area. Um, even though we haven't been, you know, out, you know, we've been at home the entire time since March that we were, um, put in the stay at home order, but, um, it's just, there's not much green, you know, it's, it's very, um, there's, you know, concrete buildings and just for our mental health, emotional health. I mean, we wanted to come up to see your family and be out in the open you know, in nature, getting some fresh air and just kind of, you know, doing what's best for our family and then also for our family members who also, you know, missed um, having those one-on-one connections with people. How was the testing process over there? So in California, you can get tested in various different ways. Um, They do have, I think just because of the population, um, they do have uh, a lot of testing centers, um, and locations. Um, you know, you can, uh, go online 
and um, locate, you know, the uh, a testing center near you. They have a lot of like the drive-throughs, um, or you go in your car, you don't get out, you just drive through, you have your number, and then you get tested, um, and you do the kit, you know, um, the self-test like while you're in the car, and then you drop that off, um, or you can go and get tested with your doctor. Um, or even in some of the drugstores like a Walgreens or something like that, you can, um, do testing there. But a lot of the times you need to have a referral, um, from your primary care physician, um, unless you answer, you know, a few questions and, um, you know, you're allowed to go to a center where they don't require, uh, any kind of referral. Um, so that's essentially what we did. Um, and then also we, we live with a relative, um, my father who has cancer. So, I mean, as much as we've been staying super safe, you know, limiting any kind of, you know, contact with anyone else, um, we just also wanted as a peace of mind just to make sure, um, to get tested. Um, so we did, and, you know, we came out negative. We actually did the kind of drive through route. Um, so I, I went to the Dodger stadium that's where they were doing the testing is a massive, massive parking lot. So you have your registration number, they give you timed slots. Then you have to go during that time slots about 30 minutes. Um, you make line in the car. Um, there's no physical contact with anyone else. You, you know, you show your piece of paper through your window. Um, they make a note of it. They mark something up on the side of your car with like another piece of paper. You drive up to this little, um, kind of bungalow where they're handing out the testing kits you just roll down your window about an inch or two they pass it off using like this big um like little clamp um tool think of like a really big tong or something pass it off to you you do the test in the car Um, we did the swab so you swab in your mouth bunch of different various places um put it in the little testing tube with the solution and then you drop it off into a big bin um and then we got results probably within the next day or so cool i didn't know that 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 seemed really easy Mm -hmm. what was the atmosphere like both in lax and the anchorage international airport Yes. So I, um, with the work that I do, uh, previous to COVID, I mean, I traveled quite a bit, um, probably, you know, once or twice every quarter. Um, and it wasn't, you know, too far. It was within the States. Um, but I'm, you know, very uh, used to the kind of the travel life or the travel scene, especially LAX, you know, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. So, uh, even just traveling to visit family, um, it was completely different. Uh, I mean, we, we got there still with within about an hour and a half to two hours before our flight left, um, just because we really didn't know what the experience was going to be like. We weren't sure if they were going to be taking extra p- precautions, you know, having us, you know, sanitize things or, um, you know, with there being kind of that, you know, six foot distance between other people, we, we just really weren't sure what to expect. Um, so when we got there, it it was just very different. I think, uh, during this whole time, I think that's really what kind of shocked me to say like, wow, we are really living in different times because, you know, if you've ever been to LAX and you know what I mean, where it it almost seems like it's its own city. Um, and the minute we got there, it was just desolate. It was empty. It was quiet. The walkways were empty. I mean, it, 
there was maybe three or four other people that we could see, you know, when we checked in our bags. I mean, I could practically hear my children breathing. It was just a really different um, atmosphere. Everyone was still, you know, very friendly and helpful. Um, and then when we went to go wait up, wait in the, um, you know, at our gate, you know, there was only just a few other people there. I was surprised to see that even though there's signs everywhere saying that you need to have your mask on the entire time you're there in the, in the airport, there were a few people that, you know, weren't necessarily complying. Um, but you know, you can't really do anything about, you know, people who don't want to follow directions. Um, but it was just very different. I think I explained it to, to, um, one of my relatives, like, it seemed like we were in a zombie apocalypse. You're just kind of waiting, like, what's going to come around the corridor? Because it was really that quiet. Um, and you could hear footsteps around, um, but you just, you know, couldn't really see who was coming around the corner. Um, when we, and everything was closed to us. So there was no restaurants, nothing was open. Um, when we landed in Anchorage, I will say that felt a little bit more normal. There was, you know, more people um, walking around. It, that really felt a little bit more normal to me. Um, it wasn't as, you know, busy as it usually is. Um, but everyone was still super friendly. Everyone was wearing um, their masks for the most part that I could see. Um, I think it wasn't until we kind of got further out into town that I saw that people um, weren't wearing masks. And I think uh, it's just because it wasn't, you know, mandated for people to wear masks at the time that we arrived. What were some of the challenges, um, if there was any, you know, coming to Alaska? I think uh, the only big challenge was us trying to figure out um, where we were going to get tested beforehand and just making sure that we were staying up to date with all of the changing um, procedures, all of the updates. Uh, you know, I was very nervous about, you know, making sure that we could get tested within the 72 hours that we land. Um, and then also just making sure that, you know, were we going to get our results in time when we landed? Um, we were pretty confident enough that, you know, we were going to be negative. So I wasn't really worried about that because no one's been sick. We've been very healthy. No one's shown signs or symptoms. And again, we've been locked up for, for you know, three months or, or so, however long it's been. Um, but I think that was a challenge, um, the, the biggest challenge really. And then, uh, you know, right now we're, I'm very fortunate where we're, you know, working from home. Um, but so, you know, we didn't really, we weren't really worried about our flights getting changed because our, our return flights, you know, have been kind of getting changed just because, you know, if flights aren't full, then they're not going to fly an empty plane back to LA. Um, so I guess us being kind of flexible is, is a good thing. Um, but that is a little bit of a challenge cause I'm just worried. I don't want things to change too much since our girls are going to be starting school and there's a lot of things we need to prepare for. Um, but I think just kind of the testing and making sure that we got the results back in time was the biggest challenge. Other than that, we've just been very blessed and happy to, to be here. What are you most excited for your trip up here? Oh my gosh, just being here, <laughs> just being here is, it's a fresh, it's a, it's a, it's just a fresh breath of air to be up here. Um, it's a different atmosphere. It's just, it's great to, you know, see all of our family. It's great to see them smile, to see, 
uh, you know, that everyone is in good health. Um, that honestly has been, I think, the best. It's It's been great to see my daughters just run through the woods, you know, not having to worry about, you know, who's around and if everyone's wearing a mask and, you know, having their hands crossed when we're at the grocery store so that they don't touch anything and, um, you know, sanitizing practically everything on us. It's been just really freeing to be up here. Um, and it, you know, also kind of just centers us a lot, you know, as, as, um, individuals, it just kind of brings us back to, um, you know, reminding us what's important in life. You know, it's important for us to be together as a family. Um, it's important for us to be able to, um, you know, enjoy and kind of de-stress ourselves in an environment where we feel, you know, healthy and secure and just, you know, very free. And I think, you know, Alaska provides that, you know, we're, it's the last frontier as they say. And, you know, we're just very blessed to be able to, um, you know, visit every now and then, including during a crazy, crazy time like now. All right. Well, thank you so much um, for letting me interview you, um, Shanti. I'm really excited to have you here. I'm happy that you're here. And um, yeah. All right. Um, with Alaska Team Media Institute, I'm Daisy Carter signing off. That was At Me Senior Producer Daisy Carter interviewing her cousin who was visiting from California. You've been listening to Podcasts in Place, You Stories from Quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by me, Devin Schreckengust. Stay tuned for more stories from quarantined youth. You can find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org, where we have included resources for youth during quarantine as a part of a partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including United Way of Anchorage, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the Rasmussen Foundation, through the Arts and Education Fund, administered under contract by the Alaska State Council on the Arts. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcast going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking Donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Devin Schreckengost. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. We'll get through this together.